At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening two-week finals, right? Some people who do play in week 17. Some people who are still looking to maybe they didn't win in their fantasy and they're looking to, you know, make a little bit of extra cash by betting, you know, week 17 games or the or the playoffs. There's so many ways to make money. So let's dive on in to some of the news and notes and, uh, you know, recap some of these games here. First thing I want to let people know here, of, unfortunately, just like every other week of the football season, there are some injuries injuries that happened yesterday to key players. Scotty, Demarius Thomas carted off with what looks like an Achilles, the dreaded non-contact injury. Dante Pettis in San Francisco, who was kind of having a nice little season off the radar with an MCL. Matt Breida left that game also with an ankle. And remember, you know, the San Francisco 49ers are now, what, 4-11? and So their seasons are probably done. An interesting one, though, Eric Ebron will uh, left with a concussion. And next week, Scotty, it is going to be the Colts and Titans set up in the last game of the regular season, win or go home, and the Colts may be without one of the top five tight ends, a pro bowler tight end, Eric Ebron. He's in the protocol. Yeah, Eric, uh, we'll have to wait and see for next week, but you know, at this point, if you're playing in week 17, uh, you got a problem with your commissioner, or you, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, just, you just like to do things crazy. Uh, Eric Ebron had a fine season, unfortunately got knocked out uh, in week 16, which is the final week of the fantasy season for most legitimate owners, and uh, it, it kind of hurt some owners. You know, you didn't see the upside. You know, that, that team was uh, really moving the ball during their comeback, and it, and Andrew Luck had to look for a lot of other targets that he usually doesn't uh, when Ebron was out. Yeah. Absolutely. A little bit later on in the show, also, Scott, we may talk because there's reports about an interesting player who may want to become one of Andrew Luck's new weapons for next season. But that's when we're talking about next season. There's still plenty to talk about for this one. We talked about some of the other injuries. Scott Demarius Thomas, Don, uh, the San Francisco guys, Eric Ebron. Um, were there any other big injuries that kind of caught your radar? We talked about Eric Ebron, but, you know, sad to see what happened with Demarius Thomas getting card it off and that's you know that's a weapon that's a, an option that Deshaun Watson truly needs there for Houston who now it looks like may in fact be playing on wild card weekend yeah uh but it, it look you don't want to see anybody get hurt but it's I don't think it's a major loss for uh for the Houston Texans I mean, he was making some key catches here and there but uh if Kiki QT can come back healthy uh, I, I don't think it's going to be, be a loss that affects Houston in a major negative way. Okay, interesting. Um, you know, I mean, options are always a beautiful thing, and they, they acquired him. But I hear you with Kike QT. Of course, they have my man DeAndre Hopkins, who continues to impress, even though he's a little bit banged up. You know, he did, in fact, play. Had a nice game as well. I think he went something like 9 for 108, um, really helping out. Fantasy owners doing exactly what he's supposed to do. But the game I want to start with, Scott, honestly, was a back-and-forth game and a game that has really critical implications in both the AFC and the NFC. I'm talking about what happened down in the Dome in New Orleans yesterday where the Saints have locked up the number one seed in the NFC. They will be staying in the Dome until or unless they got to go to another Dome in Atlanta, but that would be all the way in the Super Bowl. They beat the Steelers 31-28, to and I mean, it was prolific production in this one for fantasy owners. Drew Brees, 326 and a touchdown. 
touchdown. Big Ben, not to be outdone, puts the ball up 50 times with 380 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, all the players that you wanted had nice games. Antonio Brown, 14 for 185 and two. Juju, 11 for 115, although a critical, costly fumble as the Steelers, I thought, were about to put it into overtime and give you more opportunity for even more production. I mean, Jalen Samuels gets in the end zone. On the other side, Michael Thomas, 11 for 109 and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara looks good with two touchdowns and work in the pass game. You even see a number two wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, Scott. We've been talking about it all season long. Would it be Traquan Smith? Would it be Des Bryant? Well, a returning Ted Ginn Jr. became something of a familiar target for Drew Brees. He gets you over 12 points in PPR. Scotty, there was production to go around in this one. Yeah, there certainly was. Uh, Unfortunately for the Pittsburgh Steelers, now they're outside the playoff picture looking in. Uh, But fantasy-wise, Roethlisberger should probably drape be drafted as a top five guy next year. And, and Antonio Brown, like sometimes I was saying this on Fantasy Football Rewind, sometimes we just don't talk about guys who meet expectations. Enough. Right. We spend so much time on these fantasy shows talking about guys who bust, guys, guys who outperform, who's the hot wave of pickup. It, a, there are a lot of players who were fantasy Super Bowl heroes uh, yesterday who are unexpected, like a Jamal Williams type. Yeah, buddy. Somebody like, <laughs> so somebody like that, uh, Elijah McGuire, you know, in that in that same game. But there are so many guys that were drafted in the first round or the second round that didn't hit and didn't give you the expectation. If you had drafted Antonio Brown in the top five, boy, did he, he deliver you for you in fantasy Super Bowl week, you know, the way a fantasy MVP should. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over 40 points um, in most formats, okay? With, like I said, 14 catches, 185 yards, and two touchdowns. Got to feel bad for Juju, though, Scotty. I mean, he continues to be a fantasy stud, but when the chips were down, I mean, they were in field goal range, Scotty, and one of those things where Juju almost tried to do a little too much. You see so many plays these days, Scotty, now, where, like, the guy falls on another player's body or on the defender, and they keep getting up and, you know, continuing. I think Julian Edelman scored on a play just like that yesterday. But in this one, the, the play stays alive. Juju fumbles. I mean, they were in field goal range and ready to tie it up. You know, there's, some, there's somebody I don't – or a few people that, you know, there's not too many because we still have a game to go tonight. Right. But if you, you were at the, the end of your game – and you had nobody else going, and Juju fumbled, and you lost. You know, that's a lot of pain uh, this morning that you're in. But I, can, I can't imagine there's too many of those people because a lot of people had uh, guys going in the Sunday night game. Sunday or Monday night, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Seahawks, the Chiefs, you know, and I guess the Broncos, and maybe to a some certain Broncos, extent, a, yeah. a lower extent, the Raiders. You know, I mean, there are definitely some Broncos, I think, that are in starting lineups uh, tonight. Philip Lindsay, the Denver defense, for example. Maybe people in PPR settings were excited about someone like Deshaun Hamilton. So, you know, but then again, obviously, the Sunday night game had some production and had some people as well. So, you're right. It probably wasn't the, the last punch, as it were, but it could definitely hurt people. Let's talk about um, the actual NFL implications here on this one, Scott. First with the Saints. Okay, they go to 13-2, and two, right? They have a full game lead on the Rams and the tiebreakers, so they have clinched the number one overall seed. In Week 17, they play Carolina, but, you know, they're at home. They have the ability to rest their starters. They do not have to run out their guys like Thomas, Breeze, Kamara, Ingram, and the crew again until, Scotty, the middle of January. Okay, we're talking about January. I believe it's the weekend of January 14th or 15th, and they know they're going to have that good home cooking, that jambalaya chilling for the entire month of January. Scotty, who's going into New Orleans and beating the Saints? It's, it's going to be tough, uh, but with Drew Brees, he did, he really didn't play well down the fantasy stretch in his final four games. You know, you didn't see good numbers. Played well again yesterday. Yet, again yesterday, but, you know, those, 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 he played a good NFL game, and that wasn't really a very good fantasy game. 326 and a touchdown? I mean, like, that's not, that's not bad. How many total points did Drew Brees have yesterday? Let's see. 
13, 19. 19. I, I think it was, it was less than every, look, it didn't stink, but I think it was less than everybody expected. You know, Drew Brees yeah. was not one of the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks of week 16. And in his last four games, uh, actually on ESPN, it was 16.9. You might be counting uh, six-point touchdown passes. I'm not sure. A little bit of a different scoring system. But on ESPN, in three of his final four games, he didn't crack 14 points, and he never cracked 17. And in his final four games, he didn't throw more than one touchdown pass. So Breeze was, Breeze was disappointing from a fantasy perspective, as I think this team morphed more into what we saw of last year, playing better defense and uh, running the ball more effectively. All right. Yeah, so his 326 yards, I think in most formats, you get 25 for a point, right? So the 300 gets you to 12, the three, the 26 gets you to 13. So it's 13, you know, point something plus the touchdown. So if you're at four-point touchdown, it's a 17-point something. If it's a six-point touchdown, it's a 19-point something. Um, You know, hey, I hear you on that one. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, though, Scott, because it's a much tougher road to hoe for them now. They are technically right now out of the playoffs, okay? And they only have they have two paths in. Uh, it's really one and a half if you want to know the truth. They are still, however, only half a game back of the Baltimore Ravens right now, okay? They are at, you know, the 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 Steelers are at oh, 8 6 and 1, right? And the Ravens are at 9 and 6. So they are uh, they're a game back. However, if in week 17 the Ravens lose and the Steelers win, um they flip-flop, right? And I believe the Ravens have the red hot Cleveland Browns, so I guess that is possible. The 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 rate uh the Steelers have the Bengals team who they should, to be quite honest, beat. Uh, but they're going to be Cleveland Brown fans, ironically enough. The other way it can happen, and they don't want to talk about this much, but that tie can come in handy, right? If the Ravens do win and they wind up winning the uh, AFC North, the other way they can go in, and people were talking about how the Sunday night football game is win or get in for Indianapolis and Tennessee, there is a caveat here. If the Steelers win and finish 9-6-1, and one, the Titans and the Colts are both 9-6. and six. If they tie, and I know that's crazy, Scott, but we have seen two ties in the NFL this year. We've seen the Colts and the Titans play overtime games. If the Colts and Titans tie, and ironically, Scott, crazy enough, if there is a three-way tie at 9-6-1, and one, Okay, with the Steelers winning to get to 9-6-1 and one, and the Colts and Titans tying in the last game of the season— Scott, it would in fact be the Steelers that would win that three-way tie for the sixth seed. So there's some path there, but the clearest way is to hope the Cleveland Browns can beat the uh, the Ravens next week. Yeah, the, the the tie is fun to talk about, but it's it's happened it's twice highly, in the NFL highly, this year. You know, <laughs> I think it's it's always highly unlikely when you talk about two games from 16 weeks, and you got you sure. Know, so. It's but highly they're not unlikely mathematically to eliminated. It's not mathematically No, they're not mathematically eliminated. eliminated. I never said that, but uh, they're on the, on the outside looking in right now. They, they they need help from the Cleveland Browns next week. That's what it really comes down to. And if the Steelers don't make the playoffs, you know, it's like the old cliche goes: they they shot themselves in the foot. This team yeah. was, I think, seven and two and one at one point. Then they lost after three that in win a row. on Carolina. Yeah, the Monday yeah, night after, football. After you know, then they. They beat the Patriots to stay alive, but uh, you know they just couldn't come through with the victory. You know, winning, winning teams make the playoffs. The teams that don't win games that they're supposed to win, or that they can't come through when they have to, you know, they they don't get empathy. You know, it, there's no empathy in the numbers. It's either that they win and get some help, or or they go home, and it's a very disappointing season for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if they really wanted to be a playoff team, they should have beat the Oakland Raiders in Oakland. You know, those are the kind of games that a playoff team has to win. Maybe they took a little bit too long waiting for Big Ben's pain medication to kick in that week. You know, um, got to beat who you're supposed to beat to be a playoff team. Absolutely, Scotty. I know we're right up against the break, but, you know, there were some big-time AFC games on Saturday even, just a couple of notes. Tennessee gets the win 25-16, and then a very impressive win from the Baltimore Ravens 22-10. to That defense can travel. That defense is going to be a problem for whoever they see in the AFC playoffs. Right, Scotty? Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting matchup with the Colts next week. You know, this defense is really 
starting to come on as one of the best in the league, you know, at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. I was even talking about the Ravens defense, Scotty. You know, like, yes, the Tennessee Titans are going to be interesting for the Colts, but the Ravens defense putting only only 10 points for the Los Angeles Chargers on the road, that was a great effort out of them. That was that was super impressive. You know, this yep. is the, the Ravens have always been about defense and uh, they're playing the best defense in the NFL right now. Absolutely. They get a huge fumble late from Hall of Famer Antonio Gates when that game was still in doubt. And listen, with the way they now run the ball and play with Lamar Jackson, they're going to be live wherever they go. New England, Houston, Kansas City. It doesn't matter. We are off and running. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott, we break down some of the other games when we come back. Week 16, happy championship. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And Scotty, I gotta let people know you may have won your season long championship, you may still have it hanging in the balance. But regardless, if you want to be the next DFS legend, try dailyroto.com for free this season. That's right, free advice from fantasy pros, free DFS projections from the association, free optimizer access, and free everything else you need to dominate DFS basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS to access your free trial. That's DailyRoto.com with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS. All right. So, Scotty, we talked a little bit about, you know, the Steelers and how they now fade and are on the outside looking in with one week left to play. We talked about the Tennessee Titans, who got a big win to keep themselves live in a win-or-go-home situation uh, next week. And the Chargers and the Ravens, you know, had a very interesting game on Saturday. Um, Lamar Jackson continuing to win games as the Ravens' uh, starting quarterback. They go to 9-6 and six and are now the leaders of the AFC North. But as we continue to stay in the AFC, you know, another good day was had by the New England Patriots. They get a win, right? And they move into the two seed, into that bye. Over the last week, Scotty, we've heard so much about how in their, you know, eight Super Bowl run with Brady and Belichick, they did it from the one seed six times. They've done it from the two seed twice. They have never done it after playing on wild card weekend. And so they, uh, you know, they got a win and a little bit of help from Nick Foles to move on up. The Patriots get a 24 to 12 win. Question for you, though. Uh, Tom Brady still does not look that great. He goes 13 to 24, 126 yards, one touchdown, but two interceptions, Scott. I'm going to tell you right now, this vintage of Brady and this Gronk that got squadoosh, I still don't like them to win playoff games against higher caliber competition, Scott. Yeah, this was not vintage Brady whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and they did it differently yesterday. They did it with defense in the running game. That's right. And a little bit of Julian Edelman, but the 237 rushing yards by the Patriots were the second highest in the Belichick era. And Sony Michelle looked really, really good yesterday. He ran well again for this the second straight week. And... Uh, He's going to be an asset for them in the playoffs. That he got he got just 18 carries, but I think they don't want to overuse him to keep him fresh and avoid him getting hurt. James White wasn't involved in the passing game, but if you used him, uh, he did give you a rushing touchdown, right. and he got you double figure. He got you double figure fantasy points, so that was okay. It was really about the defense, though. I was worried about Josh Allen coming in as a rookie quarterback facing Bill Belichick and the worries. Uh, turned out to be realistic, uh, but like you said, the passing game is it's, you know, the, the real big signal to where Rob Gronkowski yeah. has uh, come, what the point he has come to in his career in a fantasy Super Bowl. He gets shut out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Rob Gronkowski gets you zero in your fantasy championship. You make a great point about my guy, the stereotype, Scotty. Sony Michelle, 18 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown. It seems like they're evolving, and they know they're going to have to run the ball, whether it's because of what Brady has left or what Gronk has left, because of what they do have in Sony Michelle, or because they realize that, you know, you got to pack your running game and your defense come January. But, Scott, to your point, Look at this. I mean, Brady completes 13 passes on the day. 13 passes on the day. I'll give you Julian Edelman, right, as one of his targets and someone who is still going to be productive. He had six for 70 and a touchdown. But listen, we talked about Gronk, you know, putting up a bagel in the championship. We, and the thing is, like, he, he's not even that much of a decoy anymore, Scott. You know, other teams are not scared of him. Other teams do not need to bracket him. It is, you know, not as much the of a Steelers challenge. Steelers did the previous week. But I'm just saying, but with this, with the way Gronk is right now, he's, um, you know, less of a uh, a challenge, quite frankly. And especially yes. if you don't have, say, a guy like Josh Gordon, who, listen, you know, I know he's stepping away um, to take care of himself, and I am all for that. But we have also talked, Scott, about how Josh Gordon, in in a lot of ways, meant more to the actual New England Patriots than to a fantasy team by his ability to kind of open up the defense. You don't have that threat now anymore. You have a kind of depleted Gronk. I'll give you Edelman, but then what are we talking about here, Scott? Four to Rex Burkett? Head, two to James White, one for Cordero Patterson. Uh, this is not going to play if they have to like keep up with the you know with the Kansas City Chiefs. If they have J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney, or if they have Joey Boza and Melvin Ingram coming in on them, I, this does not bode well for the Pats. No, and I, I detected joy in your voice as a Jet fan, uh, but you know you, you're you're writing a lot of points. I think, you know, this is not a dumb coaching staff by any uh, stretch of the imagination. I'm saying that to compliment them, they need to get James White uh, involved Mm -hmm. like they did in the first half of the season because he was a true weapon for them when they weren't getting anything else in the passing game. They can bring James White back into this mix with with, with Edelman playing through that foot injury the way that he did yesterday. Uh, I think coaching-wise, this team's going to figure out. That's the danger with the Patriots. You can say all these things about them coming off of this week. That doesn't mean that they won't fix it going into next week. You're absolutely true. No, and I'm certainly not trying to pour uh, dirt on the grave just yet. And you mentioned this coaching staff, and, you know, I think they did know this. I made this point a long time ago, Scott, and, and I don't think it's playing out to the level of kind of the analogy I made. But let me bring it back up to you and see. Um, about a year or two ago, Scott, you know, with – uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, you know, I was saying that as Drew Brees gets older and part of how the Saints evolved was to put less of it on Drew Brees and more of it kind of on a running game. And that's part of how they evolved over the, like the last year or two. And I said early on in the season, even when they used a first round draft pick, Scott, on a running back, this is this is a team, Scott, that has been interchangeable with their running backs for the better part of a decade, maybe back since, oh, I don't know, Corey Dylan, perhaps. And I've been saying for a long time that maybe the Patriots are taking a page out of the Saints game and realizing that as Tom Brady turns 41-42, they need to have a regular running game that supports it. I've been saying maybe Sony Michelle can be that person for this team. And I think they need to evolve a little bit in that way because A, Brady's getting older. B, the weapons aren't all the same. You know, so do you buy that, Scott, that this organization with a first round draft pick of Sony Michelle? maybe even was starting to you know give Brady some of that other option and some of that relief via the run game I think that was part of it I think the uh, the other part of it too is they they haven't had a really a stable running back since Corey Dillon right you know, a regular presence in that a regular physical presence in that running game that they could trust so I, yeah. I think that's certainly part of it there's always going to be a committee but uh, Michelle gives them a dimension that they haven't had in a long time 
Absolutely, the kind of early down runner that they could just kind of, you know, hand the ball to and be happy with his, you know, pounding for four or five yards that maybe become a little bit more later on in the game. Scotty, I thought it was funny. The New England Patriots official Twitter account uh, posted yesterday evening something like, we never thought we'd say this in the year 2018, but big thank you to Nick Foles. And then put a picture of Nick Foles and Tom Brady hugging at the Super Bowl because Nick Foles helped the Patriots potentially earn a buy in the AFC with his effort in the city of brotherly love. A thrilling game back and forth. The Philadelphia Eagles stay alive. They get a 32 to 30 win over the Houston Texans and boy were the Patriots right to thank Nick Foles. Scotty, Nick Foles, 35 of 49, 471 yards and a touchdown. Huge effort from Nick Foles. Also want to give a shout out to Zach Ertz. It Ertz when I pee. 12 catches, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Not only am I giving him a shout out because he helped me win my league and win that cash yesterday, but also because he sets an NFL record for receptions in a season out of the tight end position, breaking Jason Witten's record of 110. What a season out of Zach Ertz. Yeah, and a lot of people were worried about his two single-digit performance right. coming in. <laughs> and, you know, this is the thing with fantasy superstars is that... You start them. Is, is that you, know, they, you start them anyway because they can always bounce back in a big way. And, you know, Nick Foles knew he had to find Zach Ertz. He did a great job of distributing the ball yesterday, even getting Nelson Aguilar involved. Nelson Aguilar was one of the top fantasy performers statistically of Week 16, but I doubt anybody started him. That's true. And, and, you know, Scotty, if people were really digging in the bottom of the barrel, there's one guy I was talking about all week long, actually for the last couple of weeks, Scotty, that I said could be sneaky, and that was Darren Sproles, Scotty. And Darren Sproles had got you 108 combined scrimmage yards, three catches, and a touchdown. Darren Sproles returned 20 points if you had the stones to listen to speeds, if you really were scraping the bottom of the barrel. he He's a part of this offense, Scotty. And, you know, Nick Foles is reverting back to his kind of tried and true people. We're talking about, like, last week it was Alshon Jeffrey. This week it's guys like Ertz, Aguilar, and Sproles. Yeah, you know, it was a good call by you. I was calling out for Fantasy Football Rewind. Saying, oh, really? Awesome. You're, you're, pro- you're probably Jim the Day, only, guy, only guy in the country that uh, probably played Darren Sproles in either daily or seasonal this week, and it worked <laughs> out. And at 35 years old, you know, he's still looking like he did five, six years ago with these Big plays out of the backfield and the occasional goal line carries. The one thing, though, is that if, if he is classic Sproles, he could follow up a 20-point game with a three-point game. That's, that's just the, the way it's always been with Darren Sproles. Yeah, no, absolutely. Luckily enough, though, Scott, there was one team where I did have Darren Sproles on my bench, but I was able to get Jamal Williams off waivers, and I started him this week, and I'm very excited that I did my other championship team. I'm riding with Joe Mixon, Zeke Elliott, and Nick Chubb, so I had no reason for Sproles either. But if we go on the uh, Houston side, Deshaun Watson had a good game as well, 339 yards in the air, two touchdowns. He also, Scotty, runs for two touchdowns, so remember, I was talking about a Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins stack in DFS. That was good for me. I got four touchdowns out of Watson. D-Hop doesn't get in the end zone, but nine for 104, you can't be mad at either. Um, Talk to me, though, Scotty, about what should I expect in this run game moving forward? Lamar Miller banged up. Alfred Blue only goes for 14 yards. And we saw for the first time this season, Dante Foreman um, kind of, you know, back and active and playing. And he does get in the end zone in the uh, receiving game. Yeah, you know, it was kind of a timeshare between Foreman and Blue. Yeah. If Lamar Miller can come back, it's still his backfield, I think, with maybe Foreman getting a little bit of change of pace action. You know, Next year, will they bring Lamar Miller back or not? You know, I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it could be a timeshare between Foreman and Miller next year if they do decide to bring Miller back. So in week 17 in the playoffs, I think it's still Lamar Miller's backfield as long as he's healthy. Otherwise, it's a a timeshare with Foreman having more upside for any fantasy playoff pools that you do. As far as Watson goes, uh, this is the kind of performance that people drafted him early looking at last year that they they expected. But he just didn't show this kind of upside all year long. So draft expectations are going to be tempered on him next year. 
No, absolutely. And when you see so many of these other quarterbacks that can kind of do some of those things that are going to be up there. And when you talk about waiting on quarterback, you know, maybe we're going to wait on Deshaun Watson a little bit more. You talk about playoff pools, Scotty. You got to figure DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a monster there, especially with no um, with no Demarius Thomas anymore. I think D-Hop returns back to being a target monster in the playoffs for the Houston Texans. The entire stadium is going to yeah, know he's getting the ball, and it's not going to matter. No Demarius Thomas is not a difference either way. Uh, you know, Hopkins is still going to get his. Uh, if they do bring in another number two wide receiver that's more established, uh, you know, it could help Hopkins – well, they're going to get it, Will Fuller for, back for, next year, right? Yeah, they will get Will Fuller back, but you can't depend on him to stay healthy. So right. maybe they have to use him as that number three wide receiver. It right, makes right. him more of a luxury when he's on the field. Uh, you know, Hopkins is always going to get his no matter what, whether there's a good number two across from him or not. And the, yeah. the thing was yesterday with Hopkins, Hilton, and Julio, everybody was very concerned about their status right. yesterday. But you know, as we saw, unless you get a report that a guy may be limited – that's or right. that he's a decoy, and we, we saw it with Smith-Schuster, too. You start your superstars if they're active. You know, one guy on the Roto Experts Facebook page was saying, I don't know if I should play Juju Smith-Schuster because he might be a decoy or limited. I said, if that kind of report didn't come out, you have to start him. You know, don't make up worries where there aren't any. No, absolutely. You got to start your studs. Um, you know, a lot of people got too cute. Uh, didn't get the big efforts from guys who they drafted probably as their second and third round draft picks. You know, you start your guys um, in the championship. What are you going to do? Look yourself in the mirror when one of those guys goes off on your bench in this all-critical weekend. Hopefully, you listen to us and you started your studs. Another interesting game, Scotty, in the AFC. Listen, Scotty, the Cleveland Browns are set, have seven wins on the season, you know, and I mean, we were high, we were high, relatively speaking on them, thinking that the arrow was pointing in the right direction, but you got to be excited for these Cleveland Browns moving forward, and Baker Mayfield is really showing himself to be worthy of that number one overall pick, 284 yards and three touchdowns on the day, he gets another 16 yards rushing, and listen, they got a young core there, Scott, I mean, Nick Chubb, 112 yards on the ground, Um, you know, they are getting, you know, Njoku rewards people with three for 73 and a touchdown. You know, they're spreading the ball around. Duke Johnson, Jarvis Landry, this is a team with a developing defense also, Scotty. I think we have to acknowledge that this Browns defense, led by guys like Miles Garrett, the number four overall pick, Denzel Ward. This is a team that is on the come, may get a new kind of offensive mind as a head coach, and they have all the tools. The arrow is pointing up on the Cleveland Browns, they get a 26-18 victory over the Bengals. Yeah, and uh, Baker Mayfield, you can put him in an argument as a QB1 for fantasy next year, the way that yeah. he played and how impressive he was as a rookie. Nick Chubb uh, set a franchise record for most rushing yards uh, by a rookie breaking Jim Brown's record, and he did it uh, not starting a full season, so that's more impressive. I think Nick Chubb will probably be like, he could be a late first-round pick next year. He was that good. Jarvis Landry was a huge disappointment this year. Yeah. Uh, you look at his game log, just very unimpressive. David Njoku had a good game yesterday, but very, very unreliable. Hopefully these guys can be more dependable next season. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, though, I want to tip my cap to one member here, the Cincinnati Bengals. Scotty, Joe Mixon leads the AFC in rushing, um, which I think is interesting, with 1,063 yards. Uh, you never – I mean, I, there were some people that were predicting it. I know I was among them, and I had I spent a second-round pick on him in a lot of places. But people were thinking about names like Leonard Fournette. You know, people were thinking about names like Le'Veon Bell. You know, people were thinking about names like Melvin Gordon. And in fact, it is Joe Mixon right now who leads the AFC in rushing. Although, ironically enough and crazily enough, Scotty, Philip Lindsay with a big effort tonight can still take that title. He's about 70 yards behind him. And it's crazy that it could be Philip Lindsay. But I do want to tip our cap. Joe Mixon with a nice season getting lost in Cincy. Yeah, good overall season, but a disappointing performance in the fantasy Super Bowl. Uh, I was actually down to decision of Lindsay and Mixon. I went, I went with Lindsay. Uh, Mixon had a terrific year. Uh, a little bit of a disappointment in the finals, though. No, absolutely. That is true. But remember, next year, he's going to be thought of very highly in fantasy drafts. We come on back and talk about some of these other NFC contenders and their matchups and their games when we come back.
it. A many holiday to you and yours. Ebenezer Scrooge here. No, I'm not here to tell you about the importance of the holiday season, I assure you. I'm here to tell you that during this festive time of the year, you cannot end up like my fantasy teams. Quite dead. As Jacob Marley. But there is a chance at hope for you. Go to your nearest mobile telephone app store and download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. For free, you get the help of many fantasy analysts with as much wisdom as the fantasy spirits of past, present, and yet to come. Download the app, listen to their words, and win fantasy matches so you can decrease your fantasy league surplus population. If you want the merry feelings of the holiday season all year, then you must download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app in iTunes and the Google Play Store. Otherwise, be forced to wear the fantasy chains of failure that you forged in life. Welcome back, the Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on a Christmas Eve. Scotty, let me tell you something. After today, uh, we don't do any shows together for a little while, right? Quick programming note. They're going to give us some time to kind of relax and recharge after winning our leagues and winning that cash. I got to go on vacation, Scotty, and spend all that championship money. Um, but we're going to be doing kind of like year-end reviews and, and kind of evergreen programming for most of this week. We're not back at it, you and I, until next week, right, Scotty? Uh, I believe you're off, but I believe I'm still in, still in the grind. Yeah, but there's no shows for a couple of days, right? Uh, tomorrow. Just tomorrow, and then again, you know, New yeah. Year's Eve, New Year's Day, that sort of stuff. I, however, yeah, back am at going it on to Wednesday. Be... Okay, cool. You're right, and I appreciate it. Big shout out to uh, George Kurtz, who's going to be holding me down for uh, a lot of the time there, as he has been before. But yeah, Scotty, I'm going to take my winnings, and you know, I'm going to go on a little bit of vacation, ringing the New Year. You know, winning my leagues and winning that cash. All right, Scotty, let's talk about let's talk about some of the um, NFC um, kind of playoff teams that got W's. Uh, yesterday, okay? I'm thinking of a couple of NFC teams. You, you know, uh, Dallas, Minnesota, uh, Chicago, your Seattle Seahawks. Um, and we also, apparently, we are joined here. We're going to go three wide for this segment. It sounds like we got our guy Mike Blewett in here as well. Blewett, you down with the clan here? You ready Absolutely, to go? Absolutely, buddy. Merry hey, Christmas to everybody. Ho, ho, ho. Santa did not you bring too, my me. my friend. Santa did not bring me. Uh, really? Steelers win yesterday. Oh, no. But you got to talk to Juju about that. It was a legit game, though. Uh, yeah, oh, tough one. Tough one for Juju. I'm, I'm not going to criticize a guy that's had the season that he's had uh, over one bad play. It's a bad break. You know, he wasn't trying to do it. it I, I actually think they were – I was feeling good on that drive. After oh, yeah, that. they were in field goal range. I mean, forget yeah. field goal. I think they were going to really go for it. Like, I think they were going to pepper the end zone in those last few plays, and I thought they were going to come away with the win potentially. I just, after that penalty, they got the fourth and 15, and then the penalty. By the way, Tomlin has to stop clocking the ball. Yeah. They have to stop it. Yep. It hap- it's been happening, Scott, for years, and he gives up downs in critical situations. Romo said it, and he's right, and I've said it for, I mean, got to be years now. You can't give up downs in critical situations like that. He put himself in a situation after clocking it. It got saved by the illegal contact penalty with Anzalone, hands to the face. But you are giving up downs in situations where you need three downs to pick up a first or an extra down to get yardage to kick a field goal. I'm just saying. He has to stop. He he was saved by it yesterday. But nonetheless, I thought it was a really good game. Steelers have been in two excellent NFL games two weeks in a row. Um and as you guys rightfully pointed out, it's it's their and, and Mike Tomlin said it's their bed. They're going to have to lay in it. You can't lose to Oakland and then right. make uh, tons of mistakes against the Broncos and blow a lead for the first time in franchise history in the manner that they did to the Chargers and be like, eh, we're still a quality playoff team. They're scary if they get in. People don't really want to play them, but they're sure. not good enough right now. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and you mentioned some of the silly kind of mistakes, whether it's the fumble, whether it's the clock management, things of that nature. They're going to be big-time Cleveland Browns fans, Hell yeah. if you can imagine that, next year. Uh, Kudos to the Hawks last night. Look at that. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, listen, the, the Seahawks are a team that let's talk about them right now, Scotty. Uh, the Seahawks looking very good. They get a 38-31 win at home against the Chan- Kansas City Chiefs to, in essence, lock up their playoff spot. Russell Wilson, 18-29, 271 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns. But honestly, Scott, to me, this is about Chris Carson. Chris Carson, 27 carries, gets into the end zone twice. And this defense, I know they gave up 31 points, but their defense is flying around. They are like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys and some of the Baltimore Ravens and some of these other teams now that are predicated, you know, you got the high-flying offenses, the Saints, the Rams, the Chiefs. It seems like this is the other blueprint in the NFL with teams like Dallas, teams like Baltimore, and the Seattle Seahawks that are going to be able to run the ball and play defense. This is going to travel wherever they go in the playoffs, Scotty. Uh, Carson with a huge effort, and, you know, Seattle proving that, you know, they can just, you know, that their, their pedigree is there. They even beat a team like the Chiefs. Yeah, well, you know, Carson had a terrific game. He got stuffed on a few. They knew he was coming, but, you know, he still got his, got the end zone twice, like you said, but Russell Wilson played a spectacular game, and yeah. he, he was ultra clutch. Two big throws to Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin at the Crazy. most important key points of the game. Yep. You know, you talk, talk about some of these other teams, you know, like Baltimore, et cetera. You know, they, they don't have this the kind of quarterbacking, you know, that Russell that does with Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, you know, they're, they're, just, they're not Russell Wilson. And yeah. Those are major throws and uh, unbelievable absolutely. catches, Scott, too. Yeah, Doug, Doug Baldwin, you know, is playing through injuries the last two weeks. He's been spectacular. His first 100-yard game. The defense, you know, it plays well in key spots. It does, it does give up a lot of points and yardage sometimes. You know, I don't think we can mention them in the breath with some of these other defenses uh, that are top defenses in the league. But the, the, there's a lot of balance on here. And if they go to Dallas, it'll be interesting because, you know, bo- both those teams, they, either one could win the game. But if it comes down to quarterbacking, you much want to have rather have Russell Wilson than Dak Prescott when it comes to a key situation. Dude, he's my yep. coach of the year. He's Carol, my coach Carol. of the year. Yeah, that, I can see based that. on based on depressed expectations coming into the year by a lot of people. Oh, to start, and I just think he's done a great job with a defense that people were critical of because all the veterans left, but right. they have been backfilling with some younger, talented players, and they're playing well. Like Scott said, not it's not the top defense in the league, but they're playing well. And they're go- they're they're mix they're going to old school a little bit back to the Marshawn days. I just think he's done a great job. Obviously, you could come up with other candidates as well. Uh, Baltimore sure. has almost used two different offenses this year to turn things around. Um, and you know, there's obviously Sean Payton's done a great job in New Orleans. Can I can I talk about one thing that you guys talked about earlier sure. in the hour? Sure. Um, Interesting thing that you, when you were talking about New England and Kansas City, of course, New England's going to get the two seed, right? The, everything goes everything goes wrong, and they're going to end up with the freaking two seed, and they'll probably go to the Super Bowl again. But so he, here's an interesting thing. Yes, they lost Josh Gordon, and he's important, more important NFL piece than uh, fantasy piece. And Gronk is a shell of himself right now, but. You know, don't hold your breath. I, I'm sure it'll be a Gronk game, game at some point in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. It'll be the uh, AFC to, Championship game. Exactly. They'll be like, <laughs> ah, we threw dirt on this guy, and he ended right. up with uh, three touchdowns and 200 exactly. yards. So This will be like the one he, where like, yeah, the but Chargers the way it was actually do now. beat Kansas City, and then they have to like go to New England for the AFC Championship game. Watch them still host it because Kansas City gets upset by, like, you know, the Chargers or the Ravens or something Which like is, that. Of course could happen. The way, the way yeah. Gronk looks now, though, I think yeah, it will be terrible. more of a case where – He's not having a good playoff, and then he catches the game-winning touchdown in a playoff sure. game. I, so, I, yeah. to, to see a big game again, it's like I'm skeptical. Nah, I totally agree. He, he, I, I thought during, during the Steelers game last week, I think you saw everything you needed to see. Yes, they were double-teaming him, but I, I, don't, I don't think it mattered. Like He, he looked like he was yeah. laboring out there. So here is my – I'm going to posit this, and I know Belichick isn't necessarily playing towards one team. But if you were going to attack, say, the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. how would you do it? Yep. You would run the ball. Yep. Because they are giving up five yards per carry. Yep. They've and given up Patty 19 rushing touchdowns. And, yes, it does keep Mahomes off the field. So if New England, if you were to play the Chiefs right now, 
the best way to do it is to attack them on the ground. And New England has two legitimate running backs, and Michelle explodes yesterday. James White is doing James White things. And if they play the Chiefs again, whom they beat the first time, they'd be in a pretty good position by being able to run the ball down their throats potentially. I'm just saying it's it's an approach that could work in the playoffs. It and is. England might have it. It is. 237 uh, rushing yards yesterday, the second highest total yeah. in the Belichick era. So they, fu- they found something there. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about these Kansas City Chiefs. We just talked about the balance that the Seahawks have in this game. You know, the Chiefs fall to 11-4. and four. They have not clinched a damn thing. Not their yeah. division, not a bye, not the one seed. They got to win, although they do have Oakland in Week 17. So I feel decent about that. Here's my yeah. question for you guys. Here's my question for you guys. If Spencer Ware comes back, do you think it matters? Because Damian Williams, I think, is a very interesting complement to the way they are, this dynamic kind of speed guy. Can he handle 20 carries? No. But can he handle, you know, 12 to 14 and be explosive and, you know, be a nightmare in that backfield along with guys like Tyreek Hill? Um, I think Damian Williams is a nice, interesting cog in what the Kansas City Chiefs want to do in that wheel. What do you guys think about Damian Williams' another 100-point effort, 100-yard effort? Well, he, he did get close to 20 touches last night, and he, he's more explosive than Spencer Ware. I think he's a better player than Spencer Ware, but Spencer Ware is like a veteran that they've, they've trusted, so I think it's a timeshare because – I feel like they, they feel they can give defenses two different looks. Uh, you know, Spencer Ware has come more, more straight ahead of you and bowl you over. Whereas not that Damian Williams can't, can't get physical, but he's, he's more explosive. And you keep each running back fresh and you give a defense two different looks. My concern with the Chiefs is, from a playoff perspective, is that they had to win these last two games. And they didn't win either one of them. Yeah. And that makes me worry about... How much can they right. really win an important game in the playoffs? Right, right, right. Hopefully they'll be at home, and that might be slightly different, but I think you make a great point. Well, they lost at home last week. This is true. This is absolutely true. And whoever they see, it's going to be a team who can probably punch them in the mouth, whether it's you know the Chargers or maybe the Ravens um, in a kind of divisional weekend matchup. What do you think about this one, Blewett? Well, to go back to the Damian Williams thing, I yeah. would start. I would start him, uh, but I I think Scott's on point. They may want a veteran in there to spell him at times. He got exactly twenty touches last night. I think he's proven to be uh, the most dynamic back that they have left on the team. Uh, but uh, you know, instead of giving two carries to Tyree Kill and and one to Sharkantrick West, I could see them, you know, going uh, ten or eleven carries to Williams and and have Ware. Uh, be the power back of Thunder and Lightning kind of approach. So, yeah. I, I, but I think Damian Williams is the guy to start right now amongst whom they have on the team. So, yep. uh, I also agree with Scott. They're unable to grab either of these last two wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about how the Steelers couldn't snatch uh, victory from the jaws of defeat or vice versa in a couple of those games, and it's indicative of why they're not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. So, um, similarly, it's indicative of why we don't have complete faith in the Chiefs. You know, Dane, you and I have been talking for, we were talked about a month ago, where everybody was just trying to hand yep. out wins like candy to, to right. these teams that still had four or five games to play. It's like, everybody's not like, going 15-1. like, no, the Rams are not going to go 15-1, and yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everybody's not going 15-1. and one. The Saints have proven to be to win tough games and be a really good team on both sides of the ball. They're going to end up. 14 and 2. They they're going to be the team. But everybody else has dropped games, some head scratchers. But the reality is I don't think the Chiefs as good as they are and I I'm not going to throw Andy Reid under the bus completely, but I think his track record is allow allows people to take pause. Right. They can't stop the run at all. It's going to be an issue with games in January. I just talked about the Patriots. If Melvin Gordon was at full throttle. They'd struggle to stop him. I, I just don't think it's necessarily a winning brand of football. And I'm not trying to be old school 80s guy that they have to be the 86 Giants. I'm just saying they're dropping these games. They can't stop the run. We don't have... Because they couldn't stop the defense. pass last night either when it counted. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, listen, listen guys. That defense. 
Yep. I've heard a lot of people now starting to say, did teams like the Rams and the Chiefs like peak too early? You know, if they're going to be the one seed, listen, they're going to wind up 12 and four probably in the one seed anyway. So, you know, we we take it with a grain of salt, but they are probably going to have a team like Baltimore or the Chargers coming into town for their first game. And that is not going to be easy. To your guys' point, you want teams that are kind of, you know, figuring it out and rolling in the right direction coming you know, coming into the playoffs. This brings me to another team, and I wanted to keep going. Yeah, by, the by the way, real quick, got it. The, the, a, the AFC is wide open now. It's like the totally the, agree. The, 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 the Chargers didn't do what they had to do Saturday night either. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, where I was going to go after the Seahawks, though, was another NFC team that maybe is finding themselves in the right way right now. I'm talking about the Minnesota Vikings, Scott, who are still battling with the Seahawks for that wild card seating five or six. But the point that I want to make, you know, they may have a new offensive coordinator. Right. And they said they wanted to find balance. Kirk Cousins puts the ball up yesterday. Twenty eight times they run the ball. Twenty eight times Dalvin Cook 16 of 73 Latavius Murray 9 for 22 they're starting to run the ball now and are putting up points this offense looks a lot better like sure Stefan Diggs only two catches one of them for a touchdown Adam Thielen only five catches but they're putting up 27 points have the Vikings found something by going back to their approach of last year and letting their playmakers including Dalvin Cook make plays well, they've certainly you know ride the ship in the last two weeks to be to be a more respectable team. They they still haven't clinched. It's you know if we're talking about the playoffs, I think they're one and done. I don't think they can go into Dallas or Chicago and win. Interesting, blew it. I would say that it's also been an extremely soft landing for a Miami team going on the road after a hugely emotional win. Uh, against New England, they landed in Minneapolis, get blown out, and then they played a Lions team that has folded up shop for winter. So uh, I I agree that they've uh, attained more balance in these last two weeks, but if the Bears are playing for stuff next week, are they going to run over the Bears? No chance. I'm with Scott. I think it's a one-and-done type of team. They just didn't – they couldn't capture – recapture what they were able to do last year for a long period of time. I don't even know if they get in. You know, the, True. The, the Bears do have to play for something next week because of the way the games are scheduled. Sure. Uh, look, they beat who they were supposed to beat the last two weeks, but uh, if they do get in the playoffs, they've earned it. But now, now they have to beat Chicago. I just don't have a lot of confidence in it. Right, and if they don't beat Chicago and the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles do win, then it's the Eagles who are in over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, am I correct that the Eagles are the only live team left that are on the outside looking in at this yep. moment in time? There are yeah, seven Washington NFC was eliminated. eliminated. Washington, yeah. Carolina, everybody else yeah, is yeah. eliminated. So that spot is going to come down to Philly or Minnesota, and you make a good point. Minnesota has to play the Chicago Bears, and you are absolutely right. The Bears are still live because they are one game behind the Rams, but they have their tiebreaker after that Sunday night football win. So listen, you know, it's likely because the Rams, I believe, have, uh, you know, a four-win team, you know, on their horizon or even a three-win team potentially. But uh, to your point, when they step up in class, these Minnesota Vikings, uh, it could be interesting. You know what could be interesting, though? They may have to be at uh, – they may have to play the Bears two weekends in a row, um, which, yep. could be, which could be interesting quirk, especially for a divisional matchup. Hey, Blue, are you sticking around next hour? Are you just coming in to say uh, Merry Christmas? No way, buddy. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Number two. That's what I'm talking about. And by the way, just so you know, Blewett, it is official. You caught up a little bit in our picks. You made. The oh, yeah, picks. I did. Don't You're bet on the Dolphins, them. folks. You're, Don't uh, bet on the Dolphins. You're two games back, though, with three left to pick for Week 17. All so right, we'll talk about that good. next hour as well. Merry I Christmas, had a bad everybody. Week. Merry Christmas, Scotty. Hey, Scotty. Merry Christmas, brother man. Have a good one. Congratulations. You, Hope you bring it on home.